welcome on board to State Senator John Gordner, State Senator in the 27th District, Berwick resident and uh, former State House member, and now the Majority Whip in Harrisburg. Thank you so much for checking in, sir. Good morning. Good morning, Senator. Good morning, Mark. Uh, good morning, Joe. Good morning, sir. I, I really do appreciate it. Thanks for calling in. Let's uh, talk about what what is the biggest issue that's being talked about in Harrisburg right now. I would think it, you know, things related to the budget or the gun law or abortion would be sort of on the front burner. You're running short on time. So give us a sort of a state of Harrisburg overview, please. Well, June always tends to be the biggest uh, activity month of the whole year. We go in session uh, the first week of June, and then we're in session every week. Uh, sometimes we're in uh, the entire week. Uh, but obviously the first focus is the budget. And a lot of activity going on in regard to that uh, with the Senate, the House, and the Governor's Office. Uh, but then you've got all these other issues out there that uh, are being discussed, certainly in regard to uh, the shooting, uh, in regard to um, women in sports, uh, abortion issues, um, other issues. So uh, bridge tolling, there's just a a rally against bridge tolling uh, yesterday, so it is a very busy, uh, interesting month. Well, let's start out with the abortion topic then. Uh, are you in favor of the legislation that's pending? Explain what this law would do. Well, there's a constitutional amendment uh, that is pending that is being offered by Senator Judy Ward, uh, and basically it would be, again, a constitutional amendment, so it would have to go before the voters. Uh, it would have to be approved this session and next session. So it's nothing that uh, is going to be going before the voter any time prior to next year if it's passed in two consecutive sessions. Uh, but it basically just says, uh, it's interesting, it says that there is nothing in our state constitution that ensures the right to a paid abortion. Um, and, you know, it was actually introduced prior uh, to uh, the you know the news slipping in regard to the uh, U.S. Supreme Court, uh, but certainly that court case or the the, the case was pending, uh, so knew that it may end up coming to the states, and basically uh, the idea is that a uh, a state court in Pennsylvania should not make any final decision. It should be done through uh, the legislative process with the General Assembly and uh, the governor. Uh, deciding uh, what uh, what opportunities there are for abortions in Pennsylvania, and also saying uh, that uh, there is no constitutional right to a taxpayer-funded abortion in Pennsylvania. And what's your view on this legislation? I'm a co-sponsor of it, so I am supportive of it. Uh, I, with constitutional amendments, they uh, go before the voters, and the voters decide. Uh, so I certainly am supportive of letting uh, the voters of Pennsylvania decide uh, whether to uh, put that in the Constitution and say that our Constitution does not say that there is any right to an abortion in Pennsylvania and that uh, there's no constitutional right and that uh, there is no constitutional right to a taxpayer-funded abortion. John, has the Republican Party done any polling on this issue to determine where the what the temperature of the public might be? Uh, there was actually uh, some polling done in regard to this specific amendment and the wording of it. And uh, the wording that ended up in this amendment was one that the majority of those that polled 
um, not a large majority, but a slight majority, uh, polled, said that they would support it in the uh, the way that this was drafted, and that's why this is how it's being offered. Let me ask you this question. Again, uh, there's, there's, there's nothing that says that uh, this wouldn't take away anything that currently exists in statute in regard to our current abortion laws. So, I mean, we currently have something that goes back to Governor Casey, a Democrat, you know, that says that uh, you can not get an abortion beyond, I forget, 20 weeks or 22 weeks or whatever, and there are other different provisions. So it wouldn't change anything in statute. It just wouldn't be... Uh, it wouldn't be able to have a state court say that there is something in our Constitution that guarantees an abortion at any time. Well, with all the talk about the pending Supreme Court decision, do you think it's wise to adopt any legislation or consider any legislation now until you see where the Supreme Court's coming down? Uh, I think uh, the nature of what this constitutional amendment does, Mm -hmm. and it wouldn't change any existing statutory law. Um, So the, the law that was put in place, again, back with Governor Casey, would not change. So uh, whether the Supreme Court takes action or not, uh, it's still important. Gun laws pending in Harrisburg, changes in gun laws, what what are we seeing to either protect or prohibit uh, more guns or mental health laws or related uh, topics in Harrisburg? Well, this is the, the challenge, and I know it's at the federal level. It's the same at the state level as um, Democrats have a certain focus and Republicans uh, often have a different focus. So... You do try to hopefully put people in a room, as I think they're trying to do with the U.S. Senate. Uh, I think there's a group of eight bipartisan senators that are working on something. But, you know, in the past, uh, we've it was, the uh, frankly, the Pennsylvania Senate Republicans that pushed the uh, school safety um, legislation. Uh, we, uh, despite uh, Governor Wolf uh, cutting grants out of, of uh, proposed budgets, uh, we put uh, over $100 million into grants to school districts uh, to uh, put safety measures in place. Um, the Safe to Say Something uh, legislation, which was uh, prime-sponsored by Pat Brown, Senate Republican, uh, has been incredibly successful. That went into place in 2019. Uh, there have been tens of thousands of anonymous tips uh, that have been made by uh, teachers or uh, mostly school students. Uh, the idea behind that safe to say something is that uh, if there's a student that is being bullied, if there's a student that hears something uh, about someone maybe doing something violent, if there's a student that hears something about maybe someone saying that they may commit suicide, uh, there's an anonymous uh, tip line, uh, there's a crisis center uh, that you can contact, and again, there's been tens of thousands of those anonymous uh, contacts and tips since that went into place in 2019. So those are the sort of things that uh, we've been um, proactive on. But yeah, the uh, the Senate Democrats uh, have announced uh, six different gun control laws uh, that they want us to pass immediately. Uh, and it's just frustrating uh, for a number of us when you've got uh, the... Philadelphia District Attorney, who uh, will not enforce gun laws that are already on the books, uh, you know, someone who uh, pushes cash bail on those folks that uh, commit crimes with a gun, 
and then was overwhelmingly uh, reelected in the city of Philadelphia when he was up for reelection. So it's just frustrating that they want more gun laws, and yet the uh, the Democratic DA in the largest city in the Commonwealth um, isn't enforcing the laws on the books. Doesn't believe that folks charged with the gun crimes should be prosecuted for them or put in jail. What's the connection between the Philadelphia DA and the Senate Democrats? Because they, uh, we, we've tried to do some things to force. I mean, the uh, Philadelphia has seen uh, the largest amount of gun crimes in the last two or three years than they've had in decades. Uh, we're now rivaling uh, Chicago in regard to the amount of uh, different gun offenses and stuff there. Um, but you have a district attorney there uh, that uh, they just had a shooting in Broad Street uh, just over the weekend, I believe. Uh, they've got a district attorney there that uh, you know uh, will not enforce the gun laws uh, when criminals are charged by police. Uh, he is letting uh, folks out on cash bail uh, rather than uh, detaining them or putting them behind bars so that they don't do something else. And so we're just saying you want more gun laws, and yet you've got the DA in the largest city in Philadelphia in, in, the, in the Commonwealth that's not enforcing. Uh, the gun laws that are already in the books. How does that resonate with the Democrats? Uh, they uh, ignore. <laughs> they don't it. like it. <laughs> well, I mean, but on, at the same token, how do, what do you say to your constituents? We have parents worried about sending their kids to school and kids going to school who are worried. But we have our good state senator, who's in the majority, says, "Well, we're not going to advance this because the Senate Democrats are dragging their feet and they're not helping to crack down on crime in Philadelphia." You know, how does this sort of sub argument help make us safer? Sure. Well, two comments. Uh, first of all, I mean, if you saw the uh, results of the recall election in San Francisco on Tuesday, uh, you saw that maybe there's actual movement uh, there where the, uh, the, I mean, San Francisco, one of the most liberal cities in the entire country, uh, decided to recall uh, their district attorney for the same exact reason. Uh, so that was sort of earth-shattering to some degree, and we'll see what happens in Los Angeles uh, coming up. Um, but look, uh, and I know, uh, I think last week you had uh, one of the local uh, moms uh, on that, uh, you know, talked about uh, some sensible things that we could do and uh, mentioned that in regard to domestic violence, violence situations, uh, that we actually got all the sides together, uh, wasn't that long ago, maybe four or five years ago, reached a compromise and uh, were able to pass some significant legislation uh, dealing with uh, domestic violence. So, you know, it, it, it's not harmful to get some folks that are, you know, rational and able to maybe try to find compromise, and I certainly support that. Um, you know, just need to put the rhetoric away and, and the press releases away and the, the rallies away and, and get in a, a closed room and see if there is room for compromise, and I'm certainly supportive of, of at least looking into that. Well, Senator, you've been at the forefront of transportation issues in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, and largely through your efforts, Governor Corbett's uh, transportation bill got passed, which funded the Susquehanna Valley Thruway Project, but now um, that project has escalated to $900 million in cost, and PennDOT is talking about tolling bridges and 
parts of Pennsylvania to try and have money available for their uh, rehabilitation or rebuilding when it's necessary. Uh, we also have the state police still taking money out of PennDOT, and we have the Turnpike Commission pumping money into PennDOT. Is there a long-range solution? Is there any any desire to develop a long-range solution to PennDOT funding in the House or the Senate? Sure. A couple of thoughts in regard to that. Uh, obviously, in regard to the, maybe not obviously, but in regard to the bridge tolling uh, scheme uh, that the governor came up with, he came up with that prior to Congress passing their Infrastructure Investment Act, uh, frankly, an act that I uh, wholeheartedly supported. Uh, so Pennsylvania is getting uh, several billion dollars that uh, we didn't expect to get in regard to uh, uh, highway improvements. And we're getting uh, several billion dollars that we weren't expecting to get in regard to uh, bridge improvements. So just with those monies coming in the next five years on an annual basis, uh, the need to toll, um, frankly, doesn't exist anymore. Secondly, um, the, uh, when we passed the Corbett Act, it uh, stopped, uh, as of this year, the Turnpike Commission from having to put any more money uh, into uh, PennDOT. Uh, that is good for the Turnpike Commission. The Turnpike Commission has seen 10% increases uh, every year since that FUMO-inspired uh, Act 44 disaster happened under Governor Rendell. Uh, so that's good news uh, that uh, the Turnpike Commission no longer has to keep on putting in that $400 million into PennDOT, but that's $400 million less that PennDOT um, we'll be getting from the Turnpike Commission. Uh, going back to the budget, uh, Senator Jay Corman, a number of years ago, uh, when we were getting close to $800 million uh, that we were putting uh, or taking from the highway fund and giving to state police, um, we enacted uh, legislation that said that beginning that year, I think it was four years or so ago, every year after, we would reduce the amount of uh, of money being taken from the highway fund and paying the state police by $25 million. Uh, I expect in this year's budget, till we got to $500 million, I expect in this year's budget we're going to accelerate that and take it to the $500 million. Um, that is what is uh, really fiscally responsible in regard to what should be taken out. So that's another $200 million, I believe, that will be staying in the highway fund that was going to pay for state police. And we're going to be able to do that because of the excess funds that we have um, to, to put this year's budget together. Well, as you know, PennDOT has asked a number of people to write letters to Secretary Buttigieg to try and get some additional funding, some of this infrastructure money for the Susquehanna Valley Thruway project, even though it is fully funded, it would give PennDOT more, more money to spend on other projects. Any word on how that might be going? Uh, I was one of those that also uh, did a letter uh, to the Transportation Secretary I fully supported. Yeah, there's competitive monies that are part of this infrastructure bill, and to the extent that uh, Pennsylvania could qualify for some of those competitive monies, I fully support it. And it would, again, free up money for other projects. The broadband issue, uh, it, can we uh, alter Pennsylvania law now, repeal or amend, to so that uh, some of this federal dollars can help establish these broadband networks outside of the major communication networks? First of all, we did, uh, and here's an, an example of uh, the governor, the House, the Senate, Democrats, Republicans working together. Uh, it was over a year or so ago, we set up a statewide broadband authority 
Um, I think it passed unanimously in the House and the Senate. Uh, there's uh, Democrats, Republicans, House members, senators, um, and the uh, um, governor has nominees on it as well. They've met several times. Our person on the uh, board is Kristen Phillips-Hill, who is chair of our um, Communications and Technology Committee. Um, so we've got uh, a statewide authority set up, uh, and we will be getting a minimum of $100 million from the federal government, uh, but it's anticipated we could get 400 to $500 million. But I think maybe the issue you're referencing is this uh, archaic provision in the law that sort of defers to the existing telecommunication giants um, having the uh, veto power as to whether someone like Drive or Cedacog uh, does something, and that just has to go away because they've had they've had plenty of time. So uh, if any of the uh, larger entities, uh, the Comcasts or the Verizons or whoever, uh, wanted to put broadband in uh, rural Snyder County or northern Northumberland County or wherever, they've had ample time to do it. Uh, so we should allow the CETACOGs and the drives to be able to provide that access. Is there a repeal or an amendment now pending or will soon be pending to resolve this? Uh, there is uh, legislation that is being considered, yes. Okay. Joe? Where will that, uh, wh- what type of legislation would that be? Would it just repeal the law or would it do more to facilitate uh, these private entities from building networks? Uh, it is being discussed at this point, so I, I'm not sure that I'm going to be helpful more on the specifics. Um, but we certainly, uh, I'm all about competition. Uh, I think probably we can, all three of us agree that competition is a good thing in regard to this. And uh, look, if entities haven't wanted to go to these rural areas, uh, then we should allow folks that uh, are interested to be able to to uh, put put things in place. Now, Joe's shaking his head. No, he does not like competition. So no, I do a, like competition. <laughs> okay, no, he, he, publicly, he likes competition. Hates, okay. hates competition. <laughs> All right, there you go. Um, let's see. Legalized pot. We talked about this, uh, I guess, Senator Regan's bill back in January or February. Uh, any progress on that? Uh, it is not one of the top 10 or 20 issues that's being discussed in Harrisburg, and certainly nothing that's going to happen uh, between now and when we... Uh, we break at the end of June. Got to ask you a political question. <laughs> Doug Mastriano, can he make it? Sure. Um, you know, no one uh, no one thought Donald Trump could be elected president back in 2016. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's certainly uh, some folks on the Republican side that uh, said uh, Doug Mastriano just is a, you know, he's a fringe candidate and can't get more than 17 or 18 percent of the, the vote in the Republican primary. And uh, he trounced everyone. I mean, um, not only did he get more than 16 or 17 percent of the vote, he almost got the majority of the vote. I mean, what, 44, 45, 46 uh, percent? I think he may have won just about every county in the in the state on the Republican side. Um, so, uh, I mean, it's going to be a it's going to be a red wave, I believe, in November. Uh, with, I mean, just everybody sees everything going in the wrong direction. Um, so uh, can Doug be governor in November? Yes. Okay. Are you supporting him? Or am I going to be invited to the Mastriano Gordoner uh, rally in Bloomsburg <laughs> <laughs> one day? Uh, look, I'm supporting uh, Doug. Uh, he uh, serves in our caucus. Uh, you know, he is a uh, um, 
you know, decorated uh, a war veteran, uh, very proud of that. Um, and he he's not a black and white type of person. Or yeah, he is a black and white type of person. He's not a gray type of person. Uh, he's very strong in his uh, beliefs, and he lets people know where he stands. Um, and uh, you know, as compared to you know his opponent, and I think the direction that his opponent will take. Uh, our state, uh, then I, you know, believe it's important to have a Republican governor uh, with the the House and Senate, and just change the direction of of where things are going. Anything you would like to add to our discussion? We did not ask you anything you want to uh, elaborate on. No, just mention that uh, again. Lots of different uh, aspects of of this budget, uh, but something that uh, Representative Culver and I have really taken the lead on. She's the lead sponsor in the House. I'm the lead sponsor in the Senate. I think I mentioned it last time. Is this bipartisan effort to do a Growing Greener Three, and it is another example of Democrats, Republicans, House and Senate members working together, along with. Uh, DCNR Secretary uh, Cindy Dunn, who I think is an outstanding secretary for Governor Wolf. It's, uh, and I expect that uh, when we're done uh, with the budget, whenever it's done in June, uh, we'll have uh, a sizable amount of money uh, that's going to be available for Growing Greener 3. Uh, that's going to be beneficial to our state parks and state forests. It's going to be beneficial to uh, cleaning up uh, the Chesapeake Bay and uh, the Susquehanna River and, and uh, water and sewer projects. And it's just a good example of, again, opportunities where we can work together. And it's, it's going to be using the American Rescue Plan money that we have. Uh, and I think it'll be a great benefit all across the Commonwealth. I'm just proud for Representative Culver and I to be the two leads on the issue. Well, fantastic. That's Thank you news. so much for the update on all these important issues, and we'll continue to monitor these. Check back in as needed to bring us up to date, if you so wish. Uh, Senator Gordner, thank you so much. Take care, Senator. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. You too. Very much appreciated. State Senator John Gordner, of course, lives in Berwick, but uh, is the state Senate Majority Whip and, uh, of course, state senator in the 27th District. Succeeded. And one of the true heroes of the Susquehanna Valley Thruway Project. All right. So a real advocate for transportation and opposed to the uh, tolling opportunity that uh, the governor would like to do.